Dark wings. Dork words. A Game of Thrones podcast. Season 6, episode 7. The Broken Man. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Chuck Davis. With me this week are Mike Hargert, Chris Voorhees, Craig McCallie, Rapid Fire, Fire It Off. We're ready. All right, we had a uh, pretty sweet hound opening on this one. Uh, Chris, you called it what, just just from the uh, episode title. Oh yeah, the Broken Man. Broken Man couldn't have been anybody but the Hound, right? The I, ultimate Broken Man. I was man. thinking Theon first, but uh, as soon as yeah. he said Hound, I was like, ooh. Yeah, I'm Theon ready. was a good plan B. He's pretty broken He's pretty too. Broken. No argument. He's not he... really a man anymore. How? <laughs> <laughs> He's missing things. But a uh, little sisterly uh, counsel this week. Did did she fix him? Well, oh. he didn't slit his wrist, so I mean, that means he's <laughs> he had a that little, means, It means he's committed, right? I mean, with unless, the help of a little liquid courage, uh, yeah. <laughs> if he drink did, your if, ale, if Theon. If he did slit his wrists, then he'd be committed. Yeah, in this yeah. day and age. <laughs> I think I think Theon's on track. Hopefully, he the, the, has some badass moments in the future. This was a very, a very stage-setting episode. There was no apart from the Hound reveal. There was nothing conclusive, really. Uh, well, I mean, you know, moving the pieces. A lot of meet and greets and... Right. River Run. Lots of River Run. Yeah. I, I speculated they were going to keep River Run I in, knew that was coming. Wings. I had a spoiler during the week. There's Whoa. a website I go to for, uh, for basically like comic book movie news, and they tend to have spoilers. What, what website? I wasn't expecting what, on uh, Game of Thrones spoilers, but... I knew Jamie was going to face off with the black fish this I, on week. what website? Superherohype.com. I think I've stumbled across it a few times. Oh, yes. In my, my <coughs> Lots. Marvel researching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they stunned me this week with the Game of Thrones spoiler. I was I try to stay away from You're it. You're like, "Oh, you can't unread. Whoops. Can't unread that." Nope. I thought the last two episodes were really good and the internet did not agree with last week's. They were really? a lot of people said that it was a pretty lame episode. Thought it was fantastic. How I mean, you got cold hands wielding the burning What does the yeah. internet Flail. want? <laughs> what can we get you internet while we're up? <laughs> I uh, I I thought last week I, with some authority, someone said you were thinking with authority. It was it was a it was a you said it was a mace that Demonstrate cold, cold that. hands was wielding. I was wow. like, no, it's a morning star. Yeah, but a morning star is just a pointy mace. Oh, so a flail yeah. is a thing that's on the end Fuck. of the chain. We that's don't, pointy mace. That's pretty authoritative. Why did we play Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> for years if not to know the names of these weapons? Exactly. Worthless. <laughs> There was, I read a great thing on Facebook, uh, a former uh, contributor to this podcast, actually, Greg Harris, posted something after last week's episode saying uh, that uh, he was sort of, you know, uh, comparing it to, to D&D and that uh, the, the player 
who had the character of Hodor re-rolled a new character as Cold Hands. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Re-roll. All right, so this week we'll go through all the pole axes. That's what this podcast is. Guiz arms all around. Guiz arm, guiz arm, three guiz arms. (laughs) Three orange guiz arms. (laughs) Well, let's roll it up. So we had the new character and the... Correct me if I'm wrong, but first uh, actual named character to be introduced and oft in the same episode. Is it a first for Game of Thrones? Mm. Maybe not. You, I don't know. I, I gotta, don't remember I what happened for a while. Not a first, but Could let be. me try to recall one. Yeah. I don't think a, as high profile an actor has stepped right. onto the stage. For sure and not been dispatched that. Yeah. So uh, we got to give you credit McShane. as well, because you speculated that Ian McShane might play. I think the, I heard that somewhere. The very character but... that he played. Oh, just I take it. Just claim it. Claim it. Just yeah. take it. <laughs> Even if you read it online, you're the one who read it. <laughs> I, I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been a big fan of him. So I was looking forward to it, but pff, 10 minutes. But still, it, it, it was a thoroughly satisfying 10 minutes. I mean, he, he breathed <laughs> a lot of life into that character. He embodied, I mean, from what I had read, that he was sort of noncommittal and just sort of dismissive about his impressions of the show and his commitment to it. But, I mean, he he sold his character. Mm-hmm. And his character essentially was, like again, sort of an amalgam of a couple of characters, I, I think, from the books. There's, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, that in A Feast for Crows... When Brienne and Pod are sort of wandering around the Riverlands aimlessly in their mission to find any trace of the Stark girls, it's essentially one cold lead after another. And at some point they come to, uh, well, so at, at one point they're traveling along with like a wandering Septon who has yep. kind of a flock. Right. And so the conversations they have with this wandering Septon is um, a little insight for the reader into the nature of the faith and and what it's like to be a sparrow. So this guy was kind of that sparrow character. But, but he was also the leader of the community where the hound ends up, right? Right, right. But, uh, so, so what did they... They named him Ray. Was that the name of either of the characters in the book that you're thinking of? Mm, possibly. Honestly, I have no memory of what those characters' names were. But... Uh, hmm. The but it it was only when David Benioff named him in his explanation of what right. they, they just showed us that we caught the name. And what was it though? It was Ray. 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 Um. But then, yeah. So he's the leader of the community. It was sort of like an island monastery where Brienne catches sight of this hulking grave digger and just sort oh, of you know yeah. that that was as That's close right. as Brienne ever came to, to the crossing hand. paths with the hand in the book or the hound in the books um but he's of course, more of a wood splitter than a grave digger i guess they yeah. didn't think that uh go too well on tv or something oh, yeah. too much difficulty setting up the production if they had to have graves to dig i don't know they made a lot of use of his wood splitting skills <laughs> yeah. i wonder if he dug graves after maybe yeah yeah, he's going to have to dig graves Ouch. for all those dead he's people. He's got quite a few Except to dig. But he, gra- he grabbed an axe, not no, a shovel. Yeah, right, yeah. right. First things first. Things first. <laughs> you can't teach an old hound new, new piece. <laughs> so what do we think? Because those, so those three guys were from the Brotherhood. So Yeah, so that There's... wasn't meant to be Lemon Cloak. 
Right. Well, Maybe he why, had a yellow why, cloak. Why would the Brotherhood be slaughtering these people who don't really have anything? I think I think at this point the Brotherhood has lost its way and, and is just another is just, warring faction just sort of taking advantage of the helpless people in the Riverlands. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not sure what the point of that is in the show other than to give somebody... For the righteous, uh, for for the hound to have righteous anger against. You don't think those three guys are going to be seen again characters? I think they will be, and I think they're they'll be <laughs> quick quickly beheaded. Yeah. If, Do you if, think if we see all, them, that'll well, be a heads up that uh, the hound's about to show that, up and kill them. Now that they bring the Brotherhood back into it, is uh, are we going to see where there's uh, Lady Stoneheart and all this stuff show show up? I mean, Maybe. it's kind of going down that path. Everybody's. Well, I was speculating that uh, Brienne would manage to bring the Blackfish and his force of Tully folk back up to the north. And, uh, I mean, so we they sort of set the stage for the siege at River Run, but Brienne hasn't arrived yet. But we know she's going to show up next week, and it's going to be Brienne versus Jamie for the future of River Run. Yeah. Maybe. So we're back and forth into kind of going back into... Feasts for Crows, is that the Siege of River Run is in? Yeah, it's in the, the and, last uh, book, I think. And the Hound being the Gravedigger is also in a Feast for Crows, or is that in the Dance with Dragons? But they're going back into the material, so we kind of started out this season thinking we were leaving the books behind, but we spent there's been quite a bit yeah. that they didn't cover earlier. That I don't even know if it's displaced in time so much as... Yeah, it's hard to tell. That it's not like it's even happening that much later than it would have. But there are a few things that are sped up. Obviously, we're ahead of the books in some characters' story arcs, but back into the books in other characters. Well, uh, Mike read the uh, dance feast or whatever, didn't you read books yeah. four and five essentially with the chapters interlaced in yeah. chronological order? Yeah. So I, I I feel like everything's pretty much been in order. Speak authoritatively. Yep. <laughs> think authoritatively first, then speak it. Okay. I think yeah, there's nothing really out of order. Okay. From what I can, from what I can. So tell. was there indication that the Brotherhood had kind of lost it and were no longer were capable of basically slaughtering a whole group of people who were doing nothing but building a. I know. I know. God. I never. No, I never got gods. that impression, really. But well, the one right. guy <clears throat> with the yellow cloak, lemon, lemon cloak. Who, who maybe we can, we can cloak. just call him Lem. <laughs> Lem, Lem, when he was interviewing Ray, clearly saw the Hound, and if he was part of the the core group of the Brotherhood, then he he's fully him. aware of who the Hound is and right. what his nature is. So maybe it was him being amongst them that somehow, in his mind, gave them leave to act with extreme prejudice yeah i don't remember seeing any of those guys with beric dondarian and and the others before true but i don't think the brotherhood is more than one well i don't know i suppose they're spread out and not necessarily one concise band that just travels around it's a loose affiliation of outlaw warriors you belong to one of those don't you craig yeah (laughs) He's in a he's in a guild. Can I patch in to your warrior guild? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's clearly out of the question. Nothing to contribute? We'll Great. This out. <laughs> yeah, please. Nope, we'll keep it in. <laughs> so what? We go 
We get some more High Sparrow action, who Chris just oh, loves. Yeah. Ugh. I hate that guy. <laughs> Light him on fire. Acted so well. So pious. Marjorie's still <clears throat> bullshitting well. Yeah. How does he not know she's bullshitting? He might. Yeah. You have to think that he suspects it, but, but she's bullshitting in a way that serves his agenda. So that's maybe he's happy with that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have to doubt the veracity of his holiness. You know? <laughs> when he put his hand on her lap, I thought he was going to try to cop a feel for a second. <laughs> right. We're talking about, you should you should be having sex with your husband. You need an heir. Or me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you forget how? The gods want it. God's got to have it. <laughs> So he basically, well, I mean, the sparrow basically threatens her grandmother. It's like, oh, she's sinned against, which I guess was just because they marched against the, uh, yeah, and she's, I guess, the high sparrow, that she's just covered up who she is for, uh, for Loris. Yeah, I, yeah, I, but I feel like he set her up to do exactly what she did. I think he knew what she would do. He basically said, "Oh, your grandmother is trouble. She needs to repent or whatever." Right. And you know, so she went with Septa bitch face looking over <laughs> her and uh, you know, basically said, "Go away." So that's not exactly what he asked her. Right. But you have to think that's the outcome that he wanted for her to right. take the high garden no, force and that's just That's not what he asked her. Well, Didn't but he she, say was she has leaving. to leave. She wasn't necessarily no. going to take her army with her, was she? That's kind of the impression I got. I mean, she'll take a, at least a good uh, escorting force yeah. with her. Hmm. And then she, well, she kind of seriously kind of comes in in the conversation after that. And Lady yeah. Elena really gives she, it to she her. She got some good, yeah. good burbs. Yeah. Just I, like, I, <laughs> with a with, uh, big dude back there, I was like, yeah. <laughs> is she going to snap? What's Lady, Lady Elena's not, she's not scared of Robert Strong. Mm-hmm. But she, yeah, she basically called Cersei out on being responsible for the whole pile of shit that they're in, and Cersei <laughs> copped to it, yeah. but only in a diplomatic yeah. measure. She's like, okay, yeah, you're she right. She's still seething. But we still need each other. And she's like, eh, no. She kept her cool. There you go, complimenting Cersei again. What <laughs> is up with that, man? I think you've over are overstating completely. That I said. He's a oh, sucker for the on. pixie cut. <laughs> she's irredeemable there's nothing she can do for anyone at this point that would earn her any sympathy for, for me for me it's a question of whether or not people need to suffer and you think she needs to suffer and I don't you think the walk of atonement you did you knocked the table and then the dog got upset this is all your fault <laughs> why are we fighting I want her to suffer <laughs> the dog I'm kind of wanting you to suffer now Craig I know by association. <laughs> well, we saw um, Sansa and John start to consolidate their let's let's retake Winterfell force. Uh, first with the Wildlings, which was successful. They got they won one one. They got one 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 one. Does he mean I, I'm joining Jon Snow? Or I remember your <laughs> I name. I You're Snow, you right? I've that's the you. only. That's the only common tongue that he knows how to speak it's his only word yeah he was uh, a little more expressive than usual (laughs) i actually saw a glimmer of an actor portraying the giant in this episode that was kind of cool um but it was uh, too bad they don't have a few more of him i know 
and, and I don't it's know how a ragged much force. longer he'll last if yeah. they'll dispatch him like they do with the direwolves because <laughs> he's too CGI heavy for his own good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I always enjoy seeing Tormund sticking up for John. Although when he said, you know, he died for us. I, if I were a wildling standing there, I was like, "What? This guy right here who's not dead?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I almost thought he had to like show the wounds or something. Yeah. But I guess uh, the free folk are more apt to believe the supernatural because they live amongst it. Right. Sure. But I don't know that. Uh, well, and they've seen people come back from the dead, but not not in a good <laughs> not way. The good way, right? But that was cool. And then uh, so, and then you know, they cut away to other things, and then cut back in their. Bear Island. Bear Island, which was cool. Actually, everything about the Bear Island scene was maybe the highlight of the episode. Uh, you know, it, the introduction to Liana Mormont, yeah. who was, a, you know, a, a, a powerful figure. She was fun to meet and have that little tete-a-tete and then undercut it with the 62 men, which was amusing. But it was great to see. But it's know, like having 620 because they're... Like Tendo, so she said. I was, one. I was almost hoping they would, they would uh, reference that when they were tallying their forces later on. <laughs> no, but that six, yeah, it's really six twenty. And but, they covered. They brought the Glovers. That happened in the books too. That the Glovers are all uh, pretty good back and forth mad. there. <clears throat> what are the Glovers mad about? Apart from weren't just... weren't some of the Glovers, or was it just in general they're mad because Rob lost the war? <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're not the Karstarks. They're not the ones that are super bitter, right? They're they're not the ones that whose lord was executed. That was the Karstarks, right? right. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it was uh, what was the Glover's home that the Iron Islanders had taken? Oh, was it? Uh, what, what's up deep, there? Tormund deep, Square, Deepwood Mott, Deepwood Mott, and what's the other one up there? Um, was it? Yeah, I. Those are the two big ones. Yeah. That the Iron Islanders I probably got away with, with, but you know what I mean. So yeah, to, that was to, enough to, to for the Glovers to not want to join, and the Karstarks and the Boltons haven't. So, but the actor who, did who they portrayed get? the the leader of House Glover is a noteworthy actor, a, you know, a British guy that you see on stuff. <laughs> this so was I, the second time I that Mike like and I see him again. had seen Edmure to just today. Yeah, he was in an episode of Black Mirror that we watched earlier today. Oh. oh really? Oh, yeah, is that a good show? He was an MP. Yeah. Black Mirror. It's fucking great. It's like it's like the Twilight Zone. right? Yeah. Here's the yeah. problem with it. The very first episode is extremely unsettling, and I feel like that most people that have watched it were like, "Fuck this show, man! I'm not watching any more of this." <laughs> but it's it's every episode is unsettling yeah. to some degree. It's it's things that are common threads for it are um, technology and sex. Like All every right. episode has has some of that in it. Which, little, what is this on? Um, it's on BBC. It's on Netflix. Yeah, BBC, oh, it's yeah. a BBC so. show. Anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked, but yeah, Black yeah. Mirror, if you want to get a little uncomfortable, check it out. Ed Mirror's in an episode. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's a whole new cast and story The every every episode. They're standalone mm-hmm. episodes, yeah. yeah. The guy that played the Glover was a key character on, um, uh, fuck. I'm, I'm trying on, to On Ah, Fuck. It'll come to me in a second. I... We'll move on until then. <laughs> what have we not covered? Well, we had the Blackfish and Jamie's argument. That's from the books. We kind of well, talked about. There's that. the whole the whole siege of River Run. Jamie shows up. They're right. gonna, um, you know, the Fraser ruin. Let's 
doing shitty like they always do, it seems, like screwing everything so up. So why does Jamie think he's ever going to intimidate anyone ever again? You know, he keeps showing up like expecting... He intimidated the, the phrase. Yeah. The what? The oh, the phrase, right. And the phrase were sufficiently pathetic. Yeah, I suppose. They all, they all have the, the little pe- peasant swatches on their heads. <laughs> yeah. That just yeah. makes them look like you want to push them in the mud. Right. <laughs> but no Steal way, their lunch money. No way is the blackfish going to... Gonna yeah, treat the, with Jamie. The blackfish was, you know, I think, and it's it's, just, it's like, yeah, these sieges can be pretty boring. So <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to kind of go fuck with somebody for a while. I, th- and I feel Jamie like, can't I feel even like get that... any respect from his hired henchman, Sir Braun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Braun doesn't respect anyone. No, it's ever. true. Braun was dutiful, though, nonetheless. Yeah, with he had the, a couple he, good one-liners. There's a little back talk, but he still did what he was told. Yeah, it's true. Blackadder is the name of the show that the Glover guy's from. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Great. You guys Black ever Adder, Black Black Adder? Mirror. I've Black heard of Fish. it. Blackadder's great, at least. It's on Netflix? Might be. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't the guy in Peep Show say, I've got Blackadder on DVD, let's watch it? I think so. I've got Blackadder on DVD. Let's watch it. Hold the door. <laughs> no, close the door. Don't hold it. Clodor. 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 Close the door. Close the door. Close the door. There's an alternate universe where George R. R. Martin wrote the book and it was about closing a door instead of holding it. Close the the door. The dog won't shut up. Close the door. If you believe in certain quantum theories, there is that universe. Every... All universes and, theory and an infinite number of others. Yeah. <laughs> there's one where we do this podcast and it's amazing. Yeah, and, and then and, there's this and one. We're soaking in it. <laughs> where we're world famous podcasters. Oh yeah, keep talking. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get everything. We have riches, right? But then women. The, but then everything. the Flash goes back in time and saves his mom. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, the Flash. What we got? Well, Aria makes a brief appearance. Oh yeah, she, I she didn't take the. I was expecting a big uh, face uh, off between her and the waif. Face off. Instead, I get. Oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, see what you I was expecting <laughs> something to happen, kind of at the house of black and white, because I think she obviously yeah. goes back there and. They really the, set what we saw that. from last week. She gets needle in his. I totally yeah. thought they were gonna have a yeah. chamber face off, like just a nice melee. Nope. But nope. But nothing. Th- she just sneaks the up streets. in costume and kind of takes Arya out. Why was she? And how is thing... Arya going to survive that one? She's how... going to need a little red woman action. How does a stab from the waif not be fatal? Couple yeah. of them in the stomach. Yeah, That's, seriously. Uh... I mean, how does it? How is it not? She was dealing. Well, she, she did. On me the whole time. She did get a shot in. She. <laughs> what are we throwing bugs around the room? Yeah, okay. throwing beetles. At this me. room's been bugged. Don't mean to bug you. I'm bugged. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Y'all look like insects. <laughs> so Arya did get a good shot in an unexpected headbutt, backward headbutt. So Yeah, her. but she's dead, man. Well, Two no, in the she's, gut. She's not, she's not How's dead. she going to survive that? Well, she's going to. TV so. magic. But we found out she was. She wants to go head back to... Yeah. She was trying to head back to Westeros. Yeah, like so. we suspected, but good to hear it. Well, I was trying to think if she's wandering the streets of Bravos. Why would she be wandering the streets of Bravos? Why would she do that? Well, she's. I mean, 
She should have gone That's into deep, immediate hiding until it was time to fucking leave. I was trying to figure out who who's going to help her if if the House of Black and White are against her. The only other ally she's made in town is the one actress whose life that she saved. Mm-hmm. So maybe she'll reconnect with that actress hmm. who knows a healer. Sure. Well, yeah, maybe hmm. something. Okay. I, I mean, mean basic, basically, she sold out her whole mission of being a faceless man. To protect this one innocent victim. Right. She sure had a lot of money on her. Yeah. That's true. I mean, did she just rip that off from the treasury of the House of Black and White, or did she have it buried with needle? Or Yeah, she's got she, super stealing skills now. So she just she steal it. She earned it. Plenty of coins floating around. You just got to know where to... That town. Yeah. So who... Owen. Sansa. So we did get positive confirmation that their scheme is to go make them the Greyjoys. That is, oh yeah, right, right, right. oh yeah, to go yeah. make a and that they had not common made cause with yet. the Dragon Queen. Mm-hmm. Where were they supposed to be in the uh, House of Tits and Ass? Um, were yeah, they Adam, also in Bravos or they somewhere? In... Made their way to the free cities. Well, there were dark-skinned, savage, naked women, naked women there. So that's what I was thinking. Is it Sounds like a free city, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we supposed to think it was like uh, Volantis, where um, it could be Jorah and uh, Tyrion were last were seen they in, in a Volantis brothel? or yeah? Oh, it or could Pentos. be Pentos. It, it was any of those cities. They all seem to have the brothels with the with dark the women, savage women. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'd be. They made Yara a lesbian, which. Okay. No. Well, well by well, bisexual, maybe. That's right. Maybe a lesbian. Yeah. yeah, hard to say. Could be omnisexual. Yeah, it was whatever it was. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just. Although that's a weird thing to say to your brother. I guess if you're ironborn, you'll say anything like that. But I'm gonna go fuck the tits off this one, <laughs> little brother. Pat. pat. <laughs> right after making a comment about how it she was wasn't gonna insensitive yeah. her to make fun of him not having his dick. Right. 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 <laughs> Well, she's trying to inspire him, you know. Right. I don't need a dick to fuck the tits off this one. <laughs> Neither do you, Theon. <laughs> fuck up. Oh. oh. I like how she's she what she says. He's not. I know you've had a, a a few bad years. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Woo. I like that he at least retorted to that. Yeah. He was yeah, like, he, what? Right. It's like bad years. <laughs> that's, that, that's that, an understatement. That's kind of a. Uh, a big acknowledgement of time passing that the show doesn't normally do. Are we supposed to think that he was reekified for like a good solid two years plus? There was some yeah. time going by. Yeah, I think it had to been had to been for a while. I mean, in terms of the show and the aging of the young actors, it's been a couple of years. But mm-hmm. I think in the right. timeline of the books, it hasn't been quite that long. Yeah. So we don't the Greyjoy storyline. I think that's an amalgam too. Nothing like that was going to or is going to happen in the book. Is Theon even alive in the books? Yeah, he's basically he, or he was escaping with Sansa or something. He's a he captive of Stannis at the end of the books. Basically, he did Stannis jump, yeah. jump over the wall into a nice plush snowdrift with uh, with whom? Who did, who did he escape with? Oh, Jane, with Jane, Jane Poole. Poole. Right, Sansa's not even around there. She's still at the. Eerie or something, in right? The books. And they they wander off into the woods, and they're rescued by Stannis's forces that are arrayed <laughs> and ready to lay siege to Winterfell. And so that's yeah. The, book book wise, 
Theon is a prisoner of Stannis, who is yeah. still alive and well and marshalling his so forces. So this, yeah. this Yara and Theon story arc is completely invented for the show. I feel like it is. And but it's, it's probably going to take the place of whatever was happened with Victarion in the books. Uh, well, Euron did Euron. win the, the King's Moot and did yeah, convince but... all the Iron Islanders to sail forth with him to Marine after he brandished the Horn of Dragon Control. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't Victarion... Euron doesn't actually go on the ships. He's still at the Iron Islands, isn't he? Did Back he... on the Iron Islands? I don't know. I think he, I th- just, I he wins Victarion and then he just takes off. the Navy off to wherever they're going. I think Euron does. There's something where they go and, and sort of okay. pillage some little island. Yeah, Victorian goes like to Westeros and kind of goes, takes the Shield Islands, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like three of them or something. Yeah. He does that and Euron's going off to Euron's Marine. Going, okay, all right. That's what I'm thinking of. And Sam is in Old Town and talks to a maester the about the dragons. And the, the, the maesters are like, oh, we got to take off from Marine, too. So, but. There's a, so people are converging on River Run and Marine and Winterfell. Not on the Ion Islands? Ion? <laughs> they all say it like that. The Ion Islands. Okay, let's. We got something to rebut here. Let's get the rebutting. We're going to need. Craig's presence to uh, facilitate the uh, next bit. I guess this is just dead air. Here. The one thing we missed was just Sansa ends up writing a letter to Littlefinger. We can assume. Yeah, I don't know who else she would write to. Yeah, she kind of has pause to like, ah, do I really want to send this to this jerk? But do I really want to send this letter to that big jerk with the army? Yeah, but he's such a jerk. But I need I don't his, like him. I need his guys. So we can assume that she will rally Littlefinger's support to get the extra forces that they need because John has indicated he's dead set on fighting with the army that they have. He's tired of trying to rally any more support. But I so I think maybe that whole Winterfell thing is gonna happen before anybody from River Run comes back. Maybe no maybe Brienne won't come back from River Run. Oh. I mean, because ha- don't come. Back. I mean, River runs under siege. I mean, there's no. How's that gonna? Well, it could be. Basically, people can't just leave River Run and. Jamie said, "If you surrender now, I'll let all your men live." It's true. So if he lets them all live, that he means they can send them all packing north. They, he'll just let them walk out and keep on walking. Yeah. I don't know why they would all go walking straight up to the wall, but yeah. Or to win her, but only if Brienne says, "Hey, this is where the action is." You guys forget about River Run. Yeah, we got White Walkers to deal with. All right, Chuck, you want to explain to us what we're what we're about to hear? Right. So we talked last week uh, about uh, our pal Denver Sweezy's theory about uh, Mira and the three headed dragon. So we're going to go now to our uh, our senior three headed dragon correspondent. Exactly, <laughs> Denver. Why don't you fill us in on your research? Hi there, this is Denver Swayze. So Chuck and the guys have asked me to do a little bit on 
the background and theory about why Mira might be the third head of the dragons. So to talk about this, I wanted to go and talk about the origin of the three-headed dragon. And there's a lot of uh, symmetry there in, in kind of what's happening now, so I wanted to draw some, some parallels and kind of explain why Mira might be a good potential for that third head. So the original three-headed dragon consisted of Aegon the Conqueror, uh, which was the first in his uh, family line of uh, really bringing out the Targaryen dynasty. He was the original conqueror, conquered many hundreds of thousands of people. And he had two sisters, Visenya and Rhaenys, who were also his wives, uh, but they were all three of the dragon riders, and they, they're the ones that went out conquering. And uh, so you've got three dragons, three dragon riders, three heads of the dragon. So you've got one male and two females. And uh, we all kind of figure that Daenerys, being a Targaryen and having three dragons, she's one of those dragon riders. Uh, but who are the other Targaryens that could be dragon riders? Uh, obviously, Jon is kind of a candidate because of his prominent role in the show. But uh, if we were to have some parallel lines with two females and a male, uh, we would have to come up with another female Targaryen. So that's where Mira kind of fits the niche on this. George R. R. Martin did say at a book signing to someone that was kind of reported through some uh, Reddit boards that said that uh, the three writers don't necessarily have to be Targaryen, uh, but that's just still some kind of speculation. There's a lot of wiggle room there. Uh, but the way the prophecy uh, comes into play here is that uh, in more of the modern times where we're at in the current stories, Rhaegar was uh, acutely focused and driven by prophecy. Uh, he did a lot of things in his life that uh, that he really believed were were going to fulfill uh, the prophecy of bringing about the new three heads of the dragon. In fact, uh, when he had uh, one of his children was born, he thought that uh, the baby was the, the prince that was promised, who's also who Jon Snow is believed to be right now. So uh, he had two children uh, with his wife, uh, who was a Martell. Her name was Elia Martell. Uh, so their two kids, he actually named after Aegon and Aranus. And so when they were little, though, uh, the mountain had come through and killed Elia and killed uh, his two kids. So the daughter is definitely dead. The son is still kind of rumored to be alive. There's there's a character that who might be Aegon, but uh, it's kind of it's not playing a real prominent role in the in the stories. But uh, so a lot of people think it's John, but there's there's still some speculation there. So if we were to look at um, John, he is possibly Targaryen because of the R plus L equals J theory at the Tower of Joy, which is Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark. Um, so there's a lot of history there, and this is a real pivotal moment in uh, the storyline, and, and hopefully we get to see that sometime here this season. So John could be one of the dragon riders. So the the real the case for Amira Reed being one, uh, obviously she's a Reed, she's not a Targaryen. Uh, she could be a twin sister to Jon Snow. So she's the uh, potential daughter of Rhaegar and Lyanna as well. And the way that uh, this theory plays out is that uh, Howland Reed was the only other person at the Tower of Joy, and we know that uh, from the books that Jon Snow and Amira are both the same age. Uh, they both have a, definitely a similar appearance. Um, as you can see on the TV shows, uh, in the books she, she's given a similar appearance to like Arya Stark, and Arya Stark has been said to look ex a lot like Lyanna. Um, so she knows that just through references that she probably looks like Lyanna as well. Uh, there could have been birth complications at the Tower of Joy with Lyanna giving birth to twins, which could be why she ended up dying there. Uh, the uh, the TV show, uh, like I said, Mira looks a lot like Jon Snow, but she also does not look like Jojen Reed, who was the the more thinner and kind of blonder, dirty blonde hair kid who uh, who died. Uh, the TV show also made it so that Mira had killed one of the White Walkers, 
which was very similar to what John did as well as Samwell, but, but there's some parallels to what uh, John's been doing, so they're kind of tying those characters together, at least in that way. Uh, some of the cons against this whole theory, though, is that she's a very background character. Uh, she doesn't play a real prominent role in any prophecies or given a lot of attention to by the, uh, uh, the Three-Eyed Crow or the Children of the Forest or even Jojen being, uh, being a prominent person. So, so there's definitely some, some things working against that theory. Uh, also, she has green eyes, um, and uh, you know that may be uh, something that's working against this whole theory as well. Starks all have gray eyes. And I think the biggest con to uh, the whole theory is uh, something that's probably the, the most damning for it, and that's that it's, uh, it's two Star Wars. The twins split to birth, Luke and Leia. Um, so that it may be a little bit cliche, so I'm not sure if George R. R. Martin's going to go there or if the TV show goes there. But, uh, but that's what I think about Mira being the third head of the dragon. Denver for that insightful uh, bit of research. Uh, rebuttals, anyone? He already rebutted everything. He, <laughs> yeah, he, re- he provided his own rebut. Pros and cons. I think the I think the rebut is the first one I thought of was in order for there to be any sort of symmetry to the prophecy, wouldn't or let's wouldn't so Egon his two sisters were his wives, but John and Mira, would they be brothers to? They wouldn't be brothers to. Uh, they would all be Daenerys. The, they'd be cousins. They're all the off the direct offspring. Rhaegar is their f- the father of all three. Is Rhaegar was? I oh thought no, no, no Rhaegar right. is not the father of the, Daenerys. Daenerys, Daenerys is his brother. Okay, so yeah. they wouldn't be. They'd be cousins. And you'd think if she's the conqueror, then she'd have uh, she'd have two guys as her. You know. Yeah, I don't know about the fixation on the two ladies, one guy, writers thing, and also the fixation on the eye color. Uh, Especially if you go by the book. I mean, Aegon, you know, is still alive. The son who supposedly was killed. He's young Griff. Young Griff is not a character on the show. Right. But uh, you would think that the three writers are going to parallel from book to screen. I w- so, because so in the books it would be maybe Young Griff is a is a MacGuffin character yeah. who who actually did Young Griff already meet his end in the book? No, or no, no. Young Griff was like, ah, oh, fuck it, she doesn't like me. I'm gonna go back to Westeros and just stir shit up, right? Yeah, he didn't even right. go to Marine. Oh, he didn't even get that far. Nope. Okay, well, so um, a couple things. Um, Denver talks about. Did, did he say the thing about maybe Howland Reed is the High Sparrow? He didn't say that? No, but he said that in his email. In his maybe email with sent. us. Uh, yeah, I thought I got that from him somewhere. Which did some speculation out there on the web. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't ring true to me either. That's an interesting thought. But I think, um, and maybe by virtue of the fact that we don't get a good close look in when uh, Bran is doing his green seeing into the past of the Tower of Joy sequence, we don't get a good look at Howland Reed, really, do we? There's, you kinda... Was he the one who stabbed the uh, stabbed the Arthur Dane? Was it Arthur Dane that we're fighting? Yeah. Do we get a good look at his face? Well, 
I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't but read. not enough to know whether it's the High Sparrow. It's, it's yeah. the young version of long, someone. Yeah, but yeah, that he's probably not. I mean, basically, I mean, if, if you believe the High Sparrow story from a couple episodes ago, where it's he was a shoemaker. His background and, is iffy, but but how? Ha- but if Howland Reed was essentially Ned Stark's boon companion. And and basically co- be- co-conspirator in protecting the Targaryen offspring by taking one of the children as his own, then you then he wouldn't be doing the shit that the High Sparrows do it right now. <clears throat> yeah, he can't be he can't be both or both those theories can't be right. But isn't Howland Craig? He's a Cranagman, but aren't they of the North? So they're of the middle. The, the swampy lands. The, the, well, the, but would they oh, be? Would here, they be adherents of the faith of the seven? Or the Cranach men I mean, are technically bannermen of the Starks. So you're right. right; they are of the North in that respect. And uh, I did read something after Denver sent us th- this good stuff um, on a Reddit message thread, whatever. Of um, <clears throat> someone speculated that you know it's common practice for the high houses of Westeros to arrange marriages of their offspring with each other to strengthen their bonds with their bannermen. And um, so Mira was of an age to be a, um, you know, like a betrothal candidate of Rob Stark, but it was never mentioned by anyone that... So basically, here's a girl that's of the perfect age to be a potential spouse of a Stark kid, but neither Ned nor Helen Reed ever endorsed or mentioned that that's an arrangement that they would endorse. If Mira was truly Helen Reed's daughter, it would make perfect sense for them both to say, hey, let's let's get these kids together. They'd never mention it because these are the kids that they don't want to do that with for their own protection. Actually, uh, uh, does that make sense? So if Mira is a Targaryen, that Helen Reed is protecting, then she's technically so she's the daughter. But so Helen Reed knows that Mira is the daughter of Lyanna, who is the who is Ned's sister. So he would never suggest marrying because the Starks and the Reeds are not into the interbreeding that the Targaryens are into. Um, so is Helen Reed's wife okay with all this? <laughs> Was she dead? Is does she? I think I, mean, I think that the idea that the Cranach men are so sort of mysterious and off in their own little swampy world, it's the perfect place to hide a Targaryen kid. Right. Uh, but honestly. I feel like too many people would have to be on the secret, especially if I think if only, she has the Reed name and she's not I think like a bastard child. She should have She's not a she she wasn't portrayed as a bastard. So Ned came back with John and said, This is my bastard son. But Howland came back with Mira and said, "Honey, just pretend she's our trueborn daughter. Would you do me a solid?" And I mean, we're chronic man. Nobody's going to question it. And she's like, "Sure, sure, babe. Whatever. As long as we can have a Jojen down the road, then I'll take her on as my own." And and then so Mira is described in the books as having green eyes, but the chronic men also are described as sort of being. Um, uh, uh, able to blend into the environment or whatever that they they have chameleon like tendencies. So maybe even so, so there's something about Targaryens having what like purple, violet, like sort of bold colored 
eyes, um, countenances that um, that maybe that character trait was suppressed by her having grown up in the environment of the Cranog men. Hmm. So I mean, maybe, maybe. What about Jon Snow? He doesn't have purple eyes. His <laughs> well, there's a Stark Stark he, trait. He, they're they're still both half Stark, so yeah. they got that going for him, which is nice. As we were as we were listening to Denver's pithy comments, I thought I had some other feedback, but it eludes me now. Maybe that's because you went to get ice during it. Ooh. <laughs> I went to go get my Valyrian steel blade. <laughs> um, what do you think? So he's got some points. Just the whole thing about Mira being a tertiary character, it doesn't it's hard to say. I mean, oh, oh, okay, here's my other pithy comment. So John Stark the idea that he is the prince that was promised. Um, when I think Danny has her experience at the House of the Undying, she has a vision about as or as high as being having risen from the ashes. So the fact that John has been killed and killed and reborn sort of lends credence to the idea that he is the prince that was promised. Phoenixian, come like, again, like an unto a phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenixian. <laughs> Probably not a word. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I think I'm a believer that uh, John could be one head of the dragon. But Melisandre essentially to... said that she thought that he was the prince. She told yeah. Davos well, yeah, that yeah. I, I was wrong about. She said she Stannis. made a mistake only in person. Everything else was right. It just was the wrong person. Right. Like that yeah. dude. That I'm mean, that dude. <laughs> no, no, no. It's him. It's this dude. So I think so I can believe that, but I, I it's think it's safe to believe the, Danny and John are, are dragon riders. Yeah, but the evidence for Mira's is circumstantial at best. Who are the under can, other candidates in your mind? I don't know. I'm Tyrion. Tyrion. There's at Mira least some mention about Bran because I insist that Tyrion it, is a front runner. Hey, man, maybe Bran. Who uh, will, well, well, he won't. Who will ride. never walk, but will He'll fly. fly. I, well, but no, the, but the crow. But maybe, who knows? I mean, he who can knows? control a dragon. He can... I feel like maybe they've they've sort of steered Bran in a different direction. Like, his role as the new three-eyed crow precludes him from being something as mundane as a dragon rider. <laughs> he would remotely sense things and move them around or be more of a someone who directs things? It's someone general, who controls things. Controls things, yeah. But doesn't directly control a dragon. Unless Tyrion just can't master the art of dragon steerage. <laughs> so Bran has to warg into the dragon to help in that regard. Special saddle. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of other characters in yeah, play that make sense as a dragon rider. Yeah. But do, I, do I think it's Mira? In the in the books, at least. No no way. Yeah, there would, there would be some sort of mention somewhere of some question about that her, that she's not the trueborn daughter of Howland Reed, but it would but only it would only take that. a couple of chapters of backstory to sort of build the case for it, which could easily happen between now and the end game. This is true, and just looking casting about the characters that have been introduced in the show, it has to be you'd think it'd it be has to be somebody that's, that's established by now. Yeah. So she's kind of like unless the, they're going to introduce young Griff and it's next season, which <laughs> given the. You know how quickly they've 
they're starting to introduce and dispatch with characters, I guess it's not out of the question that they could introduce you, a new character. How do you guys feel in general about the fact that we've switched the whole backbone of the show from talking about how the show and the book are different and similar to wild fucking speculation about <laughs> who, who knows what, like crazy It's crazy pretty exciting. The, yeah. the, the way the plot is moving forward and at a condensed clip, it's kind of like the Cliff's Notes version of the books from here on out. Where everything everything that's going to happen is is the boiled down meat of the books to come, right? And the fact that it's happening on TV before the books ever come out is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's just not done. I mean, it's w- just, when else has this been done? I yeah. mean, there's other examples of adaptations veering from the source material, but the source material was complete when it was happening. Right. I, th- I mean, the only other example i think i've mentioned you know like in harry potter um they're producing the movies alongside she was wrapping up the books but she did technically finish the books before the movies got there Mm -hmm. but she had to divulge some key end game information to the filmmakers to steer them to make sure they didn't kill off anybody important that was going to do something key in the last few movies right uh but they i mean she's she tightened up her game and she got her shit done before I'm, whatever. I mean, not that she was dr- taking six years between books like George is. <laughs> I like it though. Never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Show up, and there's still some stuff that's book relative. And but then we got the stuff tonight, like the Hound. Like, ooh, this is pretty sweet. Great so. reveal. Yeah. I feel like um, the whole show is going to be done before we have more book material. So at this point, we're, it's it's just fun speculation. We have all the information from the books to broaden our the scope of the material that we can speculate on. Mm-hmm. But from here on out, it's all TV show till it's done, and then we can go back and read the books and see how it might have happened had he finished the books <laughs> beforehand. It's so weird. <laughs> it is weird because what if he what if he writes the book? There's yeah. Two of the dragon riders are different in the book, and we'll never, well, we'll and never someone will know. Be like, we'll never know how much he bent around, you know, to accommodate the showrunners. I think Chuck, had, Chuck, and I have kind of talked about this, and he said, "Oh no, no, they're still going to do what George R. R. Martin says. He's still run leading the whole show." I think he's so happy with the attention and the fact that it's a household name now that I bet he's almost collaborating with the showrunners in a sense to say, "Now, where do where do we want this to go?" And it would also be him getting help to write the book. It seems like he needs help. It was, yeah, it would be supporting my theory well, that that's he's just it. been lost for a long time that's and some, he doesn't know how to end Some the of the story. showrunners' efforts to consolidate things are going to steer him towards their conclusions. Absolutely. I think. Or is he going to go the other way and say, at this point, I, I, somebody's I feel an obligation to, because <laughs> cause he loves a good surprise. He no. loves, he loves taking a left turn and, uh, Doing the unexpected. Surprise, I didn't write the last two books. Someone else did. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least surprise, the thing that you think is going to happen because it happened on the show isn't going to happen in the yeah. books. But he has to wrestle with those decisions as he's writing. And I think he's going to be compelled to throw some surprises that he might not have had to if... if, if his original shit hadn't been spoiled by the show. There, there are some other economic ramifications to our business, I guess, business related ramifications to those decisions too, that we probably aren't even, 
privy to or maybe not even understand, but you know they're there. Like, you know, the the publisher is the publisher going to get involved? You know, do they have any say? Are they going to be like that? Does isn't going to work for this? Or? I, saw, I read an interesting thing. <clears throat> There's an early draft of a Dance with the Dragons that's like in a library somewhere um, that uh, ha- includes the editor's notes. So, so hmm. like George R. R. Martin submitted his first draft of the book, and then the editor wrote notes in the margins. And there's a cold hands moment, a scene that would have been in a dance with dragons that was eventually pulled from the final draft of that book, where um, the editor writes in the margins, "Is this Benjamin Stark?" Like huh. cold, cold hands appears in this scene, not unlike it appeared in the show. And the and the editor is just saying straight up, is this Benjamin Stark? And George R. R. Martin says no, no. And so this was something that was shared on the internet, like in January of last year. The show went ahead and said, "Fucking a, yes, Cold Hands is Benjamin Stark." Right. So is that is that a thing that George R. R. Martin changed his mind about from the point when he submitted that draft? Or was he protecting the the reveal? Yeah, or something else? Yeah, yeah. Or is it just a thing where the showrunners are like, you know, it'd be a lot fucking easier if, if Cold Hands was just Benjamin Stark. Yeah, cooler. Let's just run with that. Yeah. So is that decision by the showrunners going to steer George away from his initial instinct? I'd love to know. Well, I think if he is, it's consistent with a lot of what the showrunners have done, where they've taken two or more characters and blended them together to create a show, a character for the show. So it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all if... In the books, Cold Hands isn't related to Benjamin Stark. Something different. Although you'd think Benjamin Stark would have to show up again somewhere otherwise. Because they left, they Why built, they built the such place. a mystery as to right. his, what, what became of him. Right. Yep. Yep. But, I, I mean, you'd think for somebody who, if we believe that he knew he named Hodor Hodor because of what was going to happen and something that he hasn't even written and published yet... You have to think that he has stuff planned out for actual major characters in the book besides Hodor, who's just well. He's he said there. he has the he I mean has the story sort of scripted out or not scripted out but plotted out. I think that's the kind of thing that he may have written, and it's basically held in reserve until he can insert it into the point where it makes sense. Yeah, and I think he, as he writes other things, some of those ideas that he initially had evolve or fall by the wayside but <clears throat> i i mean he's had a lot of years to write shit i think he's written a lot of shit that he can't quite connect the dots on um so he's not just saying when i get around to it this is what i'm going to write i feel like he's written a lot of it but he's having to rewrite it as he changes his mind or has other ideas along the way and I think the Hodor thing is part of that. Millions of people are fed up with his um, pace and his sort of lax approach to it. And certainly he has a certain um, responsibility. But I'll bet he is just as fed up with everyone, like, just hounding his ass. You know? I mean... I think he's... I well, mean, maybe, if, but... If, if I were him... God, I, move I, on, man. <laughs> I, I know, but, you know... What if he doesn't want to? I think he has to feel, I mean, <laughs> he feels gratitude for the, you know, popularity that he's received and the, you know, the a- affirmation of the good work that sure. he's done. 
And so I think at this point he feels a responsibility to live up to the popularity of what he's doing. But he doesn't want to. Or he's he's got other things. I don't know. I, he's in a tight spot, really. No mercy for Martin? <laughs> None. Okay. I'm, I'm, you don't have mercy for anyone. I'm now withholding anyone. my affirmation for George R. R. Martin until he produces some work. Oh, don't tell him. George, if you're out there, I'm no longer a fan. Get to work. <laughs> that ought to take care of it. <laughs> Let's, uh, should, should we strive to interview George here on the podcast at some point? <laughs> I sure. Would, I would turn him down. I mean... All we need to do is follow his not a blog to figure out which con he's at next week or, or the next right. 12 weeks afterwards. We'll just accost him. We'll just <laughs> bring him here and then tell him how much we don't need him. If we're the podcast <laughs> that gets George R. R. Martin to appear, then we'll go from, you know, podcast number 275 to on number iTunes. Fucking A. Well, we just need to get some hot, you know, some hot cosplayers because that's, I think, why uh, that's a driving is that force. That's what it takes to get him to show up. Yeah. Hmm. So. We're hot cosplayers. We can be. You see, because when you put on the costume of the character from the show... Oh, uh, you don't mean cosplayers. <laughs> <laughs> we all wear striped sweaters and roof each other's drinks. <laughs> Rudy, get me my Valerian steel... Pop. 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 <laughs> no. Sorry. Okay, I'm not comfortable I, I, with this cast I, anymore. Okay. Denver, keep it coming. Um, anyone else? If you want to uh, contact us at uh, darkwingsdorkwords.com. Start it coming. I, <laughs> the last episode that we did for the podcast is the very first one that I ever promoted on Twitter. So <laughs> five and a half seasons into doing this podcast, I was like, you know... I should probably master the art of social media, apart from, you know, my circle of friends on Facebook. Loyal listeners, we shall return with more.